Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Best Got Beat. It is season four. It's episode. Let me check. 14. 14. 14 of the season. Uh, Joe Edwards, are you in? Are you in the office today, Mr. Joe Edwards? Hello. Hey, here he yeah. is. Here yeah, he I is. am here. here I am here in the office. I have a uh, rather out of your playbook, actually. I've got a. I've got a sparkling water. Oh, mate, have you come across the sparkling water soda stream environment? Um, it's, it's it's Aldi's bottled sparkling water. I think it's 25p a pop. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of tap. It's a bit of tap with a, with a couple of uh, couple of pipettes of air in then, basically. Aqua, aqua Vale, bottled, oh, aqua at, vale. So, bottled at source in Staffordshire. Do you, so, not find it, do you not find it very refreshing, a sparkling water? It gives you I, a little bit more of a kick. I like a sparkling water. It, mm. it, it kind of... Um, you got me into sparkling water. Yes. Um, yes. I don't really know many other people who drink it apart from you and then mm. by association, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know anybody. Put it out to the listeners. If you mm. are fans of sparkling water, do do let us know. But it, it kind of hits a spot that regular still water can't. Can't achieve. Co- correct, correct. And there's different, you know, there's different types of of sparkle. I prefer a heavier sparkle, so a little bit more bubbles. There's also, you know, you can get some some lighter sparkling waters. But I do, I like to almost be, you know, I think it, I think when you you've come off, you know, back in the day, as people know, you know, when I was uh, back in the twenty one stone days of uh, of Chinese takeaways and uh, and full fat cokes, you miss that kind of soda kick. You know, yeah. the kind of, you know, a Sprite or a Coke or a, or a you know, an Orangina. And I mm. feel like, I feel like you're almost having that in the fizz, but with zero calories, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Hence why we've got a sparkling water tap in, uh, in the old, um, you know, in the old house in Shea Judah, uh, which was fitted a, a couple of years ago and was well worth every penny spent on it. Yeah, South's Nan has had a tap which does the the boiling water. I think they're mm. I think they're becoming a bit more widespread. But again, a, a, a sparkling water tap is quite a unique feature. But you get your money's worth, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't have them all the time, but you know, I, if, if I'm in the mood, I, I, I do I do enjoy one, and I am enjoying this one, and I'm enjoying having a chat. There we go. Uh, it's it's nice, mate. It's nice. How, how was um? I, I know you didn't have a break because it's an international situation. But have you have you had time off? I mean, I came back from. Uh, I took a little bit of time off and uh, been to. Don't know where you've been, mate. Actually, um, mm. went to the old Dubai for a few days, as as the footballers do these days in international yeah. breaks. So I, I feel mm. like you know World as the report, training, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I feel journalists need to have exactly the same situation, <laughs> don't they? Because you know, if, if they, I mean, you think they're working hard. You know, they're, they're running around the pitch for ninety minutes. Well, in some cases, jogging around the pitch for ninety minutes. You know, we're we're, we're back and forth, mate. So uh, took took the mum, took the old mum, and yeah. uh, and the missus. You know, unfortunately, but you know, we've got to go. And th- best things happen in threes. But you'll be stunned, mate. You'll be stunned with the Judah lifestyle and and and, and what what I do. You, you'll be absolutely stunned at what happened next. McDonald's? No, no, I didn't go. No. Didn't go that far. Didn't go that far. Okay. But went down the saving money route or route, depending route. on you know not which an way. Not Americanism. Are you sure? Come on. Are you sure? Route. Okay. It's okay. not okay. route. Come on. I know. You, I know you've got an American partner, but come on, it's route. <laughs> Pack the bags in the trunk on the way to the airport. <laughs> Part. Yeah. Get, get, get a in the, in the parking lot. Yeah. Filled up on some gas yeah. on the way. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I digress. So, so. We flew from Birmingham, which is that's the main kind of like 
plus situation by going to Dubai that it's direct. So six hours or six hours 30 on the plane. Not short, but not, not a long, long haul as well. I can cope with that. You know, you have a meal, you have a couple of movies and you're kind of there, aren't you? Maybe a bit of a snooze. Yeah. So I went to book air, book flights and flights were very expensive for um, business, which I'm, you know, become accustomed to, as you, as you know, as, as you know. Um, so it was like a couple of grand for business. Like, I can't spend a couple of grand. How much was it for economy? Direct. Direct Birmingham to Dubai. One way. No, return, return. Return. Yeah. I would say 1,200. 395 pounds. Oh, okay. I think that's not bad at all, not bad value. I thought, thought, because you were asking, I thought you were going to go the high end. No, no, no. You ask these questions. Well, no, that's what it's there for, mate. I like it, because you you either go massively over or massively under. So um, so that's what it's there for. So yes, just under 400 quid each. So I'm like, right, well, got to look after your mum. So being a good son, mate, I bought her business class seat and me and Alain went in economy. How good is that? That's that's was that the Mother's Day gift? It was the Mother's Day gift, mate. No, it was, it was actually a Christmas <laughs> gift, which I, I promised and then and then saw the price and I'm like, shit, I'm gonna have to bloody go economy here. So we all you end of the day, you all get to the same point, but I must admit it was very strange going on going on board and and walking right. Normally I'm I'm going mm. left. So it was, it was kind of, I, was, I did have a couple of temper tantrums and, um, you know, there were a lot of kids and screaming kids around. So I had to put the old headphones on, but I got through it, mate. I got through it. <laughs> You'd be proud of me. You'd be proud of me. So, Well, while you went to Dubai, mm. I, I didn't have a week off, but I had the first part of last week off. So oh, it was here we South's go. birthday on the 20th. So that we You went to Darleston instead of Dubai, is that what you're saying? <laughs> And then we had the Monday, Tuesday, and the Wednesday. And on oh, nice, Tuesday, nice. Yeah. we did go to the seaside. The oh, day. mate. Day of the fact, seaside. I know this because I looked, you know, when we do um, we do text each other from time to time. I mean, I can't stand you, really. From, from, um, but, you know, I've got time to, from a work, to time. Yeah. From a work point of view, you know, sometimes I, I do have to contact you out of work hours, which is a shame. Uh, but uh, <laughs> someone's got to do it. And... Um, and uh, I saw your WhatsApp picture, which was you and you and you and the beautiful Jensen on the beach. I'm like, oh, Edward has been to the beach recently. We've been to the beach. Yeah, we had a, I like we had it. A Profile picture changed. Yeah, Dana Barmouth. Where's that? It's in uh, Wales. Um, Barnmouth. Barmouth. B A R M O U T H. I'm it's, googling it now. It sounds ba- good. It's basically Wolverhampton on sea, really. <laughs> no, I've, 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 <laughs> I mean, if you go at the height of summer, it's just basically all people from around here. Oh, but, really? Um, yeah. How long, it take, how long would it take me to About get there, then? two hours and 20 from here. Oh, okay. From Wolverhampton, yeah. Um, we have a good run. But, um, yeah, you kind of go past Shrewsbury. Can I take then, the dogs? Beaches, uh, beaches acceptable. I, I, there was people with dogs. They're, they're saying they're... I did read some of that weren't that big on dogs, but I saw plenty. Uh, uh, three um, hours door to door for me. Three hours, yeah. You're probably better off like somewhere like Burnham on Sea or some mm. somewhere like, like just down the M5. Oh, okay, but looks um, nice though, mate. It looks yeah, nice. good, good. Yeah, it's kind of um, it was a bit of a nostalgic trip for me because I, my uh, granddad used to live in a Welsh village of Lanfa Carinion, oh, okay. um, which is kind of on the way. 
Right. So we tend to, if we were stopping at my granddad's, then perhaps if the weather was nice, we'd make a weekend of it and go to the beach. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, took Jensen for his uh, first trip to the seaside and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd had a bit of fish and chips on, on, on oh, the Oh, got to love a fish and chips, mate. Got to love yeah, a fish and chips. It was, it was good, mate. Lashings of salt and vinegar for you? Is Lashings. it like literally swimming in it? Swimming in salt and vinegar. Mm. Um, can of pop? Can of yep. Vimto for, for nostalgic purposes? Of, I think it was a can of Diet Coke, but I mean, okay. that's completely negated by the, um, the, the salt, you know, the salt and mm. the, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I may as well have gone full fat, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, went in the arcade. Um, oh well. yes. Um, you ever played the bingo machines in the arcade? Bingo oh, machines. Oh, no, I brilliant. used to do I, the ones I used to like were the um, the two P ones where they the, you, you put it down. It's a bit like that that tipping that point. Game one. Yeah, like tipping yeah. point. Yeah, yeah like tipping point. I like yeah. them. Do they still have them? Yeah, still still do them. But like the bingo machines, they're quite so. You'll have like the, the numbers in the box and then a number will come and flash up on the screen and you've got to accept or reject depending mm. on whether it's in your WhatsApp. But you have yeah. to be almost like trigger finger to like do it and then obviously if you get a line you, you get a you know, you get a prize oh, or whatever. Right, okay. But we, oh. we ended up at about three pounds in profit. Oh mate. I mean so, I, I, yeah. to be honest, I saw your resignation letter this week. <laughs> um, and, and I thought I thought you were coming to a bit of money and fair well, play, Barmouth's doing the business, mate. Yeah, Barmouth bingo. Three up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rowling in it. <laughs> did uh, did you win Jensen a little toy? Um, no, we don't tend to do the grabbers. I think they're a bit of a con. Um, yeah, they are. They, you, you, they're, they're not strong enough to pick up the things, are mm. they? Um, so no, we we didn't win Jensen anything, but um, he had a nice day. And oh, um, bless him! But he was knackered. I bet he slept well that night. He did actually. He's not really slept well since, mind. But uh, <laughs> he's that CM, mate. You see, you're gonna have to pay that all that all that profit you're making. You have to buy a nice little seaside uh, villa, mate, and get yourself it. there each weekend. Yes, that's it. That's, um, that's the plan. Talking about those grab machines, I know we're gonna get onto Warsaw in a minute. I promise. So people, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, some people might wish want an hour of chit chat, mate. Maybe that's maybe that's where we need to go. Just an hour of absolute crap and uh, and, and sack the footballer. But um, yeah. Um, when we were in Vegas a few months back, they've got these machines now in the casinos. And obviously the casinos you know, quite expensive to play or whatever. But the actual grab machines are not like your furry toys. They are, um, they're like, the you know, you get these kind of like plastic bubbles, don't you? Like with stuff in the middle of them sometimes, yeah. like plastic kind of like eggs. So they've got them and they've got money in them, but it's like a digital money piece. Okay. And you get one, you get one go... And the minimum you can spend, you can spend up to a maximum for one go. Only one go, remember? Yeah. One entry, $25. <sighs> so you're putting 18 quid on, you grabbing it, and you've got one shot. So I'm like, absolutely no chance. Well, I was like, oh, I'll have a go. I'm like, it's 18 quid? 18 yeah. quid? Are you mad? Anyway, so she put it in, $25. I'm like, bloody hell. She only got it and bloody got it. Okay. So it goes in, you, you get your thing, and then it comes up on a big digital screen because it's all glitz and glamour these days. Yeah. And then you win a, a money amount. She won $100. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? Four times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can't go wrong, mate. So I think, if you, I think you'd be quite, to me, to you, up, down, no, no, wait, wait, wait. And then mm. press. Small, small stakes and small wins. That's small that's what stakes, I like. mate. Yeah, I'm all, uh, the, the the best grab in the world is Toy Story in it when you get the aliens. Oh. <laughs> that's a bit. It's a bit describing a bit of Warsaw really at the moment. Oh. <laughs> 
do you like do you like my segue there? Right, Walsall. Yeah, well, yeah Walsall. Yeah, let's talk about Walsall. Come on. <laughs> we've had two games since we've <laughs> since we last spoke. Uh, Harrogate one one, and uh, and a defeat. So, so it's only a point from the last two, Joe. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, Harrogate was a stick sickener, wasn't it? I mean, was it ninety third minute, ninety fourth minute, something I think along it those lines? Ninety fifth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It, yeah. Deep to, into stoppage time. Deep into stoppage time, which is a shame. And then obviously the, the, the kind of undefeated run broken with this with the Salford uh, defeat, which was a, which was a bit meh. What have you what have you made the last two games? We're not going to go deep into them, but no. um, you know, for, for an overall kind of a view, what what have you made from from what you've seen? Um, disappointed, I guess, that they didn't hold on for the for the win, but um, they were come up short a little bit uh, against Salford. Yeah, I've not been blown away by the performances. I don't think the, the performance levels in the last two have been quite where they were in weeks previous. Um, but equally, they're led in both of those games. And, you know, we'll feel that they could have could have won that won, won both of them. Um, but obviously, the, the big takeaway from the two games, really, is that soft underbelly, that knack of giving teams a leg up and conceding silly soft goals is still a problem um, it's not as widespread as it was and it's not plaguing Warsaw to quite the extent that it did obviously right. earlier on in the season but it's still there um, and the yeah the, the Harrogate goal for example Warsaw have a back three of Hayden White Don- Donovan Daniels and Manny Monfer all six foot plus yeah um, and the lad who comes off the bench who must be Five foot nine at a push, right? Free, free header, you know what I mean. So that 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 was the Harrogate goal, and then the equaliser against Salford really was was criminal. To be honest, you, mm. you've got Matt Smith playing up front there for Salford, who you now from the Championship. Um, you know, Millwall, QPR, Bristol City, Leeds, like he's. he's Basically, spent the last decade in the championship. Played at a good level, yeah. Played at a good level. I think they're paying him about six or seven grand a week, which is which is obviously what Salford do. Um, but and he stands at six foot six. So why is he unmarked from six yards to yeah. to bring the ball down, pick his spot, and, and and beat Jack Rouse from from that angle? You know, it's just it's not a lack of effort. You can clearly see now, especially under Flynn. I mean, I think you could question it towards the end of Taylor, but you can clearly see that they're they're working hard for the manager. It's not a question of work mm-hmm. ethic, but they just have this tendency to just switch off, um, and and it, and it costs them goals and costs them points because Harrogate weren't any great shakes. Salford are now nine unbeaten, um, but they weren't great either. Yeah. Um, that was Salford's first time in three seasons in the Football League now where they've conceded first and won a game at home. And they were like making a big point of it afterwards. I was thinking, bloody hell, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a first for them. So, yeah, just a, just a frustrating knack of still kind of handing teams goals on a silver platter. And mm. um, Flynn has been very frustrated both... Um, both post match interviews, especially yeah. after Salford. Oh. Um, you see it coming with. I mean, look. I mean, he's a bit fiery, and but I don't mind it. I think. I think sometimes you need a, a few home truths, and yeah, you know, a lot of fans or a lot of cl- a lot of a lot of people may be like, well, you know, the, the season's gone now, so they're not going down, they're not going up. So let's 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 kind of concentrate on next season. But there, he's he's fi- he's ready to go, isn't he? He's not going to let them. 
just rest on the laurels. Um, ready, ready for ready for beach time in a month and a bit. Well, he's given the old proverbial kick up the backside, and mm. he won't he won't um, you know settle for any any slacking. Um, I mean, what he said after after Saturday, he was like, "Well, you give him a job, and certain players, I'm not gonna not gonna name them, but they just forget." And mm. he said, "My six year old can remember a job I've I've, I've given it, given them, and and, and, sh- and shown them mine." So it's um, yeah, I, I think well, that, it's been an issue both under Taylor and under Flynn now, albeit less of an issue under Flynn, but it's still there. You know, uh, there's, there's obviously. There must be something in certain players' makeup where they just they just have that knack of switching off, and whether you can drum that out of them as a manager, maybe over time. But you know, if it's just in their kind of makeup, then I guess it's there's always you're always culpable of, of it happening. You know, there's always mm-hmm. that possibility. Um, so yeah, the, that's been the big takeaway from the last couple of games, and it's something that they need to. I mean, obviously they're safe now. Um, but they need to rectify it in the final few weeks of the season, especially just from a, a few players' points of view that they are playing for their futures and to prove that they deserve to be long under Flynn long term. This knack of making those silly errors and just leaving players unmarked and not tracking runners um, has got to be, if not completely put to bed, at least improved and made, made kind of a bit less frequent because... Um, it is costing Warsaw points, you know. That's 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 a long and short of it. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think? Do you, do you do you buy into some players need an arm round the shoulder and some people need a few home truths? Or do you, do you think it is very much a, a man management point of view? And do you, do you feel that, that Flynn is the person to do that? And and because he's had so much, you know, success with Newport and and he knows the league, you know, like the back of his hand that that he knows he knows. How things work, whereas maybe managers prior to this they were a little bit more naive going forward and, and didn't know they were kind of caught and maybe take the blame for certain defeats themselves and protect the players. Maybe they don't need protecting. Maybe this is what this is what uh, they need going forward. Yeah, I think Flynn's spot on in his pr- approach. To be honest, it's um, good for you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> good for the media. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes for it makes for interesting copy. But I, I, now I, I do think I do, I do think players are, are too protected. At times, I think you know modern football, especially. Um, I do think they get a, get away with it on a bit a bit scot free, to be honest. Um, and especially early on in the season. I mean, Matt Taylor backed him to the hilt, but ultimately he lost his job. And you know, yeah, he did call out certain aspects, but it wasn't as as abrupt and as clear um, in his criticisms as, as Flynn has been. And you know, Flynn. I mean, even at Harrogate, obviously the man of the equaliser was disappointing, mm. but it was still a point, and it, I think it made it six unbeaten. The way he was speaking, you would have thought they'd lost three or four on the bounce, and that, yeah. and, and I think that's a good that that's a good thing because it's it it shows that obviously Flynn on paper a good appointment, a proven track record at the level, and he's showing that in practice as well. He's not he's not. Um, Allowing anybody to rest on their laurels, he won't. Uh, he wants to be at the top end, top end of the league. I mean, he even said after Saturday, um, this was to the club media, not us. But he, he said, you know, even after Harrogate, he was he was still thinking of playoffs, even though it was probably unachievable. You know, that was his mindset. Let's mm. let's try and get to the playoffs. And obviously, losing at Salford kind of you know put any 
the slimmest of hopes of that happening uh, to bed. But um, yeah. that that's that's how he is. He's going to aim as high as he possibly can, and um, he won't. He, you know, he doesn't want his his players to settle for anything less either. So um, I like it. I like his directness. I think supporters like it as well. Um, yeah, it might rub a couple of people up the wrong way, and some players. You know, it may seem a bit harsh at times. Um, I think there is obviously a line to tread. You can't just be hammering them every week um, just for for no reason or just when it's uncalled for. But I think, you know, this team ultimately has underachieved this season, um, even though they have improved as of late. It's been a difficult season on the whole. Hmm. And, um, you know, if, if that's what Flynn feels and, you know, he wants to improve Walsall in the long run and get him competing at the top end then I think he's fair, fair enough to, to, to come out with those criticisms and just kind of say it how it is, really. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's interesting. It's because, um, you know, what, what from, a, from, a, from a performance point of view, do you feel that a lot of these players are playing for their futures? And, you know, maybe, maybe he's trying to tell them that through the media. I'm sure he's telling them that as well face-to-face. But... There's probably in, the, in these how many games are left, uh, Joe? Seven. Seven, so seven games. Seven games left. Um, it's. I, I feel like a lot of them are on the block here, whether they're going to get a new deal or not. So they should be really grafting as well. I mean, there's you know not just to get uh, a one-year contract, but I'm sure that he'll want a squad that he can have some longevity with and give two two-year deals or multiple deals, you know, multiple-year deals. Too, uh, but he needs to work them out. He needs to work them out pretty quickly, doesn't he? Yeah, and even those that have deals, it's not a guarantee. You know, if he doesn't feel that, you know, if they've still got a year left on their deal and he doesn't feel they're right, then mm. they'll probably try and get him to somewhere else that will take them. You know what I mean? It, just because you know a few players still have a year left or whatever doesn't mean they're guaranteed to be here next season either you know if, if Flynn's made his mind up then I think they'll look to, to to try and get him out in whichever way they can um, but yeah you know I think that I think there's obviously a few players that you'd you'd, you'd want to keep um, you know L- Liam Kinsella uh, mm. you know Manny Monf Connor Wilkinson players like that so, you know you'd imagine a fairly you know if you can keep him here next season they want to stay then you know, then then you keep him at Jack Earing. You know, if, you know there, there are a few players that, that fit into that bracket, but there's a few that are out of contract. Fair few. There's loans that are coming up, and those players not sure whether they'll whether they'll be wanted at their parent clubs. Probably not. So mm. they'll probably be looking for somewhere either permanent or another loan next yeah. season. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know the vast majority are playing for their futures and and to prove. I mean, even like a a Rolly Meniesi, like mm. you know, who signed a um, a big contract in January until twenty twenty four, but you know he he's, he's struggled to gain to the team under Flynn. He's got a point to prove as well because you know he yes he's got the contract, but he doesn't want to be sat on the bench for throughout all of it. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, of course. So you know they, they've all they've all got a point to prove in in different aspects, whether they're out of contract, whether they've got a year left, whether they've got a couple of years still to go, that everybody has got to prove that they deserve to be in a Flynn's long-term vision. And um, yeah, I, I, I think definitely players are playing for their futures. It's, it, it is a cliche, but it, it rings true. And um, you know, if anybody's not cutting their weight or he doesn't feel they're up to scratch, then 
you know, as we've seen from Flynn already, you know, there won't be any room for sentiment. Um, he'll 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 get rid and, and get whoever he feels is the right man for the job in because, you know, Newport consistently competed for promotion. They had FA Cup runs as well. Um, and he wants a big squad as well. He said that. He said he doesn't want just numbers for the sake of numbers, but he wants a big squad. Um, so, you know, he'll be having a good idea of what he wants to get in in the summer. And I think he'll mm-hmm. want to be doing a fair amount of business. And naturally, a few will fall by the wayside. So, um, yeah, the onus is on the players currently on the books to to impress as much as possible. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's... Um, you know that that's that's the challenge, really. Walsall are safe, yeah. You know, all but mathematically guaranteed. But mm. um, you know, there's still a lot to play for. Um, you know, personally, as as much as you know, for, for the for the team as well. From a positional point of view, who do you think Flynn's got his eyes on for this summer, target-wise? Can do you think he'll do you think he'll go with some of the the, the boys he's worked with before and try and prize them away, or do you feel that that maybe he'll look? Um, He'll look elsewhere and maybe into the lower leagues or maybe the upper leagues going down. It's an interesting one. Do you, do you yeah. have someone who's going to come, who's come down and played the level, who's maybe you know been there and done it, or do you have someone who's hungry and young and and coming up the ranks who's a saleable asset? Or for a successful promotion campaign next season, do they need to have a blend of both? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of route they go down because they did kind of lean more towards the experience side this season and yeah. it didn't quite work. Um, so whether they'll get a younger core. I mean, but equally, you know, the young players currently on Warsaw's books haven't had much of a look in under Flynn yet. Your, your Sam Perry's, your Tom Leakes. I mean, they're both playing for the reserves this afternoon, as is Brendan Keenan. Mm. Um, Zach Mills coming back from injury as well. Um, but um, I think in terms of p- p- positional areas that you want to look at, I think goalkeeper's an obvious one. Uh, we'll have a few questions on Jack Rouse that we'll get to in a bit. But, you know, Jack Rouse is out of contract. Carl Rushworth's lounge up. Um, so at least one uh, keeper will have to come in, if not two. Yeah. Um, I think he'll want to get a specialist centre-half, um, perhaps somebody who's a bit more of a ball-playing centre-half. I think at, at Newport he had Matty Dowlin and, and Dimitriou, who were kind of converted midfielders who played mm-hmm. at the back, who are a bit more comfortable with the ball at their feet. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that he'll look to get, um, especially if they're carrying on with this free at the back formation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of have Monfu's the you know the brute strength on on one side. You know, you, Daniels is out of contract. We've got to see what happens there. Whether he wants a League One move, I think he'd, he'd probably want one in his head. But whether he can be convinced by Flynn that you know he to, to stick around. Um, but I think he'll, either way, you'll want a more ball playing defender. He'll want specialist wing backs. You know, if three five two is going to be the formation moving forward, yes, Tyree Shade and Emmanuel Osadibi have been pressed in those roles, but they're a right winger and a number ten respectively by trade. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they've proved that they can do jobs in that in those roles. But if you're really going to buy into that formation, I think you'd want specialist wing backs if you can. Obviously, they don't grow on trees, um, but if Flynn can find those players, I think he'll want them. I think he'll want a more creative goal-scoring threat from midfield um, because goals from midfield have been a problem. Um, only uh, three from Jack in this season, albeit he has been playing in a, in a more deeper role. When he, mm. I think you could swap him and Joss Labadee and play Ewing further forward and Labadee further back. Uh, but Labadee and Kinsella have not scored uh, either of them this season, so they need a goal-scoring midfielder. 
and I think I think they need another strike option as well. Um, yeah. George Miller's going to be his, his loan's going to be up, whether they decide to go for, for Miller long term. But uh, Rodney started on sat- Saturday, um, but you know even with Rodney Wilkinson who were contracted, you know two isn't enough. Um, they'll want one or if not two more. Whether Miller's part of that, we'd have to wait wait and see. But um, so basically, all over. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, no, yeah. but you, you, you're right in what you say because my next question was was kind of connected with that. You say, you say basically all over. You know, end of the day, I know these this, this, these players are performing better than what they have done, and, and Flynn's getting a tune out of them. But there is an argument to say the this, this squad. If you want to keep, you know, half of them next season, this squad is still a squad that's 16th in in League Two. So what yeah. what you know, as as you know. Are they capable of making a promotion challenge, or do you need to get really rip it up and start again with only a few? Because because they've, they've, they've proven over the last couple of seasons that they're not good enough to 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 be you know pushing for for League One or promotion to League One. Well, that's what these final seven games really will kind of determine. To what extent does he kind of reshape the squad? Is it uh, adding to what you've got and fine tuning, or is it you know for all intents and purposes kind of starting again? A rebuild, um, yeah. You know, so do you think it's somewhere in the middle? Yeah, hope, hopefully. I think that's what fans will hope for because, mm. again, as I've said before, that this kind of tendency to kind of press the restart button and yeah, go again. Dawn, yeah, yeah. Every every year, basically, mm. at Walsall for the last probably decade, really. I mean, yeah. we had a few years of continuity under, under Dean Smith, but since then, since probably about 2014, 2015, it's just been ripped up start from scratch every it year. It really has, hasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they'll want to avoid that if they can, but if, but if they're going to carry on these uh, defensive errors, uh, the lack of goals from midfield, and in a, an inability... Not an inability, but a struggle to shift mm-hmm. to different formations as well. They, they've gone, they went a four at the back at Salford. They did at Barrow a few weeks ago as well, and not performed anywhere near that they have in the three-five-two. And I don't know if it, that's almost making a little bit of a point, Flynn. That he's kind of saying, right, how, how can you adapt to different formations? And they've not really passed that test yet. Mm. Um, so if that, if those kind of issues carry on. Then that kind of forces Flint's hand really, and says, "Well, this current grip isn't quite cutting the mustard. I've got to, I've got to go and get, you know, a lot more players in. You know what I mean? So um, that, that's that's up that's up to them in in the last seven games, really. They they'll determine, I guess, how. You know, of course, he'll be looking already and thinking about what he can do, but uh, mm. you know that. You know, these players have points to prove and, and see if they can stay around for the long term. Yeah, I think continuity is the key. I mean, you, you mentioned Smith there. Since Smith, I mean, you know, Driscoll, Whitney, Keats, Clark, Dutton. Dutton yeah. Just, you know, it's it's just one after another and it's a new start after a new start. I know you don't I- get different ideologies, different... Very much so. You know, just kind of the throwing almost throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks isn't yeah. it really yeah. so at least and it hasn't got, yeah, it hasn't you know, at but, all yeah, has it but now they've got a manager who, who's got a track record at the level and really he said himself he wanted a job in League One so he wants to get there um, so they've got to fully buy into that and whether that means you know kind of shaping it differently hopefully that he, this this is the the proper one to buy into now so uh, I mean I yeah. get that impression I get the impression that really since Smith they haven't really got Someone who you you relax with and you know he's, he's 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 he knows what he's doing. I feel like, I feel like you've got that in Flynn. Yeah. I feel like that's 
it's the first time you can relax and go, okay, look, they're going to get beat. They're going to have some poor performance, of course. Yeah, I mean, bloody hell, he's, he's already overseen a 5 0 defeat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. you do feel that they're in safer hands than what they have been in previous seasons. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, you know, in Warsaw, especially at their worst under Matt Taylor, when they conceded a goal, you'd thought, well, that's it. That's, that's game over, yeah. That's game over, they're done. Mm. Um, but now, you know, even even with the losses and even the Swindon, I mean, they bounced straight back from that and won the next game. And, you know, it, they've only lost two of nine, I believe, now under Flynn. So, you know, he, he's he's got a tune out of them already when he hasn't really got had the chance to stamp his own mark on the squad. So he, he can't help but encourage you for next season. But, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, when Walsall lose a game or when... You know, they, they they drop points. It's not quite um, as much of a sting as it was before because you do look at Flynn, the way he carries himself, obviously the track record that he had anyway, and you do you do feel more confident that it, you know he's the right man to uh, you know to take Warsaw forward and hopefully you know bring the good times back. I feel the fa- I mean, I feel the fans are behind him as well. I think the fans like what they see, and you know, obviously season ticket and renewals are coming up, you know, soon, and and, and early birds, etc. And other details about that. Like, can you see? You want to get Warsaw bouncing again, don't you? And, yeah. and the players keep on going how good they've been, and they really have been this season. They've been starved of football for so long during COVID. They just, and I know you can say that about a lot of you know fan bases and stuff like that, but they really deserve a bit of success and a bit of a run, and you know at least a cup run, if not you know, but 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 to at least have a sweat at going into League One next year. They really want to be in and around that top half of the tail. It's been too long, Joe, that we've been talking about it, and it's. You know, it's obviously relegation. They're dropping like flies, and you know there might be that 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 hint or that gleam of of four wins, and the and the back amongst the back amongst the top six or top seven, or a bit of a shot, and it's normally four defeats, and they're looking over the shoulder. That they, yeah. they really deserve a bit more, don't they? Because they're bloody good and they travel well as well. The fans, honestly, I can't speak hardly enough for them. They've been brilliant, and I've I have actually been a touch surprised, to be honest. Mm. Like. Like I knew Warsaw were well followed, but obviously, yeah. you know, we being the, you know, in such a big catchment area as we are in the Midlands, you know, Villa, uh, Wolves, Albion, you know, obviously Warsaw are the always kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and you, you always yeah. kind of take for granted the fan base sometimes, but especially on the road, they're, they're really amazing. I mean, almost 900 at Salford the other day. Uh, they, they took 1,500, obviously, to Port Vale, which was obviously the big game and, and the Dowell Clark derby, if you like. But <laughs> t- took 1,500 there. Took, I think it was about 1,300 to Tramere on the opening mm. day. I mean, mm. they're consistently one of the best supported teams. And I mean, they're... Com- There's about 600 to listen to this. Yeah, I mean, Salford, uh, it was like Walsall were a town. Like yeah. so, so, I mean, Salford obviously are probably one of the worst supported teams in the league. Um, you know, in terms of outright numbers, I think they consistently draw about seventeen hundred home fans. Yeah, um, so but you get War- to a manufactured club. <laughs> but Walsall just out, just it was it was like being at the Banksies on, yeah. on, on, on Saturday. It really was. You know, all the all the noise, it, and they really enjoyed their day out. So um, yeah, they deserve something. They really do, and they've stuck through Walsall through some. Bloody lean years. No. Um, these, these, you know, these last five or six years, you know, struggling in this di- in this division. Which again, I've said it again. I've said it, you know, I've said it before. Say it again. It's not a great division, and Walsall have been kind of, you know, walking through a tree, calling it to be honest. So they need to, they need to start 
giving the fans something to shout about. And it does seem like Flynn is the one to, to, to give him that, hopefully. I mean, as I say, he had them cup runs at Newport. If one mm-hmm. of them next season, that would go down a treat as well, just to have a nice away game against one of the big boys or somebody coming to the Vesca as well. Um, so, yeah, they deserve it. Their support, and that, again, it sounds sounds cliche, but it's been it's been different class, really, um, to, to, to support them through thick and thin and just through some of the bilge that's been offered up. <laughs> Literally, um, bilge. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've been fantastic. So, hopefully, you know, for their sake, just, just as much as anybody else's. Well, it's all, it's all for the fans, isn't it? And, um, you know, they, they deserve a team that's, that's successful and exciting to watch. Talk about um, players that need to perform under Flynn between now and the end of the season. I guess the writing's probably on the wall for a few, especially with a, a couple of being named in the uh, in the Warsaw reserves that are playing as we speak. Yeah, I mean Brendan Keane and playing playing for the reserves. Um, it's, a, it, it's a bit of a strange one because Keane, for me, under Taylor was probably in the top five or so performers. Mm. I, thought he, I thought he was all right. I don't think he's really ever done anything wrong. Um, he's got a history with Flynn as well, yeah. Uh, don't think he has. Is he not? Oh, right, no, okay. it's also D.B. Wilkinson and Labadee who were the, who were the three that he oh, worked okay. with previously. Um, but yeah, Keenan, by design, you know, a hard-working, honest player, rolls his sleeves up, gets on with it, got a bit yeah. of quality as well. You would have thought, kind of from the He'd outside... Been in around the first-team squad. That, yeah, that he would have been one of, you know, Flynn's, Flynn's guys, really. Yeah. Well, of course, nothing guaranteed, but you think, you know, he kind of ticks the boxes. Um, but he's, I don't think he started a game under Flynn. Of course, he's been in the squad every week, but he, he's been struggling to get off the bench. And now he's playing for the for the reserves. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the first time he has done this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit different for Mills because he's on his way back from injury. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd imagine he would have probably found himself in that position anyway. I'd, I, he's one that I can't see staying beyond the summer. And then you Perry and Leek, um, two young lads, of course, and... Yeah, they've they've barely got a kick under under Flynn either. I think Perry's come on a couple of minutes here and there. League's not been struggling to make match day squads over the last few weeks. So um, yeah, it's um, you know Stephen Ward is another who's not had a minute under Flynn. Uh, Flynn actually very complimentary when speaking about him, um, and a bit of that will go in the paper I think tomorrow. But um, yeah, he's he's ultimately not got on the pitch and his contract expires, so it's tough to see him staying. Um, so you know. Kane and is is an example of what I was on about earlier that he's still contracted for another year, but at, at this rate, you know, it seems to it seems that you know Flynn isn't fancying him too much. Of course, that can change in the final seven games. Um, you know, whether he uh, you know comes off the bench and, and does something one week and earns his place in the other, but he, he just seems to be one of these players that doesn't necessarily fit into the system. Mm. Um, you know, he, he is a winger, and also been playing with wing backs. Um, and I mean, admittedly, Tyree Shade wouldn't seemingly fit into that, but he's took on that left wing back role and done pretty well. So it just seems that there isn't the, the space necessarily for Keenan at the minute. So um, be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, but that's an example of players that you know they've still got a year on their contract. But if they're not going to play at all between now and the end of the season, then it seems to be you know that they're only going one way. To be honest, so. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have to see what happens, but it, you know you're looking at already uh, Kiernan, Ward, um, Perry, mm-hmm. uh, Leek, you know uh, Mills, um, you know th- there's 
many yes to an extent um he, he obviously came in because Daniels went off with an injury but before yeah. that he wasn't getting a look in um and, he, and again he scored the goal against Salford but looked a little bit shaky defensively again he's not been the same player since he signed that contract so you know there, there are players that we've points to prove and you know if if they're just going to be filling space on the bench between now and the end of the season then uh, you know it's it's anybody's guess as to what could uh, happen with them in the summer mm. Yeah, interesting. It's one to watch and uh, seven games to do it. Shall we um, Shall we take some questions from the people? Questions. Questions from the people. Ooh. Uh, Jordan Hood, 98, says... Uh, should the club change its recruitment policy and start recruiting more from non-league? There's a couple of players in the National League, North and South, with 25 goals already. There is a system Accrington Stanley have done wonders with. No, I, I, I think, yeah, definitely should be looking into it. I think, um, obviously, the one signing from non-league last summer was Jack Earing, and he's been an outright success. He's, he's, he's been really good. He's, um, he's a young player as well. He's, t- he's still 23, I think. So, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of being a saleable asset as well, you know, he kind of ticks that box, especially if he carries on what he's done this season, takes it into next. Um you know, there's a potential to get a decent fee for a, for a player like that. So, um, no, I think definitely. Um, I mean, I, I covered National League North, um, Telford, a couple of years. And there is talent at that level. I mean, it's obviously a, a, a similar example to League Two. Yeah, they're in League Two because they're not consistent enough. And then, you know, it kind of gets so much... You know that kind of adds the further down you go. You know they're in National North; they can turn it on. Uh, you know one in five, but then you know the, the other four weeks they're kind of anonymous. But um, I saw some good players at that level, and um, Daniel Ludo was like the top scorer at, at, at Telford that one of the seasons I did. I think he got twenty six goals, and now he's really hitting his stride for Shrewsbury in League One. Uh, they, they had to be a bit patient with him. Um, I think this is his third season with Shrewsbury, or at least his second. It didn't happen straight away, but they've shown a bit of faith of him. He's always been a hard-working lad, a really honest lad as well. And um, they're really, really reaping the rewards with that. I think he's on, I think, edging towards 15 goals in all competitions for a, for a Shrewsbury side that has been fairly goal-shy. He has been the you know, the leading light. So there is talent there. And there there are players you know from that level who can, can make the step up. Um yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to have a look. I think if you go in any any further down from uh, National North, then you are kind of uh, picking names out of a hat, really. You know, your Sterry Bridges and people like that. I know Dan Scar made the step up and, and ended up being with Walsall and likes of Josh Gordon was with Stafford Rangers and ended up obviously on Walsall's books. I think you are going into risky territory, any, mm. anything lower than National League North. But, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know... There's, there's there are good players at the level. Um, Erin is, is is proof of that. Um, you know he's 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 been in the top two or three performance I'd say for Walsall this season on a consistent basis. And um, if you can get a young lad who you know who, who's, who's got, I think it's the guy. He's a, is he at Chesterfield now? He was previously at Bournemouth. Tushimanga, the striker who you know these kind of really highly rated. I imagine he'll probably get a league move at some point, but. It's almost like a league five, league three now. Um, the national league, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're mm. they're all, all full time players, most of them. 
Um, they're all, you know, training pretty much every day, looking after themselves. Yes, the, the level of fitness is probably a bit lower than what it is in League Two, but it's still a, you know, a 42, 44 game season. Yeah, they're all training pretty much full time. You know, it's not that massive a risk if they've got a track record at National League, maybe a bit less so in National North. But if they've got at least a track track record in the conference, there's probably a good chance they, they can do it for you in League Two. To be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, home and away have kind of asked uh, the same question about you know the likes of Perry, Brendan Leak, and we've kind of discussed that a little bit, I guess, with the reserve situation today. Nathan Bryant says, "What do you do with Rose? Give him a go in case he'd only be he'd be any good for next season, or keep Rushworth in goal, despite it being unlikely he'll come back in July August." I'd keep Rushworth in goal. I've said I've said it before. Um, Rushworth has tailed off a touch. Um, but he was brilliant in the first three months, and I think it was only natural that you know he perhaps tailed off a little bit, being a young player learning his trade. Um, you know, he's away with England under twenty ones as we speak, so he's obviously a talented kid. And I think it is a case of just enjoying him while, while you have him. Really, I, I, I know Rose is Walsall's commodity, and you know we'll feel hard done by. Um, I think Flynn will be looking at that. Departments in the summer anyway. I think he'll have an idea of what he wants. His arm man, whether Rose, I can't really see Rose being the number one next season. You know, if you, you know, toss of a coin, I can't. I just can't really see. Um, I don't think he's ever really done anything wrong. But I just, I don't know. I just, it's hard to see given the lack of game time he's had consistently over the last few years. He does seem to be more of a, you know, a somebody in a more supporting role. To be honest, than than. Um, but whether he's happy to do that, uh, that that's that's ultimately, you know, Ali E knows that. So um, no, I, I would I would carry on with Rushworth. Um, yeah, he's not been as he's not been at the same level as he was um, early on in the season. Mm-hmm. But um, and he's made a couple of mistakes. I think that seven seven game run of um, you know losses under Taylor it did kind of knock the wind out of his sails a little bit. And I think he'll be quite grateful actually to have gone away with England and you know playing with the likes of um, Anthony Gordon from from Everton and uh, you know a few few others in the squad you know Premier established Premier League players mm. and, you know in this in, it, whether he gets on for the, the twenty ones regardless he's still training with these high level players so I think he'll come back from that rejuvenated and um, hopefully we see a you know a better rush worth in the final weeks but in, in terms of who I'd pick for now and until the end of the season it'd be it'd be Rushworth yeah because I think he's I think he probably is the better goalkeeper to be honest uh, got another question which cheese do you like uh, there's part of a competition Joe Bangles is running to get a response for a blue tick account to be in the draw to win £50 cheese hamper if we win we can share the cheese in the press box oh. at the best Scott for the final game of the season against Swindon I love a bit of cheese love a bit of cheese what's your you've got you've got uh, you've got two cheese you can have on a plate with some biscuits or crackers what are you choosing Joe Edwards Probably something really boring. Oh no, here we go. No, I'd probably craft a craft cheese slice. No, I'd I'd have a bit of brie. Oh yeah, I like a bit of brie. I'd have brie a bit of brie, brie and then I'll, I'll tell you what I quite like with uh, crackers, Red Leicester. Mm. Oh, Red Leicester. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, I know you could eat, have cheddar, but you know I, I like a bit of I like a bit of Red Leicester with a with a with a cracker. I tell you what's good with brie. I don't know if you've had it before yet. Um, mm. Brie on a digestive. 
I don't really like the digestive crackers. Like like the ones that have like the hoe of this on the front. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Taste, it's like taste. a bit of sweetness in there, but yeah. with the brie, which is very salty, mm. it kind of cuts through, you get that salty, sweet kind of kind of feeling. It's good. Maybe. Just just with brie. Just with brie. Brie on a bit of French stick is quite nice as well, isn't oh, it? Oh, I love a bit of brie on my French stick, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, not a brie. Uh, and then in terms of like cook cooking cheese, mm. I, I do love a bit of fried halloumi. Mm. Oh, yes. Nom, yeah. Nom, 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 nom. yeah, a bit of Nando's fried halloumi. Yeah. Do we... The, is like the Hungry Horse pubs. Like there's one across from me right. where I live. And... Um, Fried halloumi, like almost like deep fried. Oh yeah. On 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 a, on a sizzler with oh, like yeah. a bed with like a bed of um, peppers and onions, and you have the um, lemon and pepper sauce and just drizzle on it, and then it comes oh, out and yeah. it's all sizzling. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, have, have a bit of a chips and chips and dirty rice as like dirty rice got dirty to all. Bloody hell. Yeah. Brie on, brie on your tip, dirty rice. What's going on, mate? It's a... Christ, crikey. Wensleydale, mate. John Wendell, I like Wensleydale. I don't really think I've ever tried it. Obviously, I know it from uh, Wallace and Gromit. But, yes. Oh, mate, Wensleydale. Go to the lakes, really... mate, for a little trip. There's some lovely Wensleydale apricots, cranberries in there. You can have it obviously yeah. just plain. I, I don't really do fruit, like, mm. at, at all. Mm. <laughs> at all, just generally in life. Just generally. Like, never mind we just cheese. I don't, I don't really eat fruit. Um, unless it's, like, with a, like, I don't know, an eating mess. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah, I, I'm not the best person to ask about cheeses, but um, yeah, I, I take a bit of brie, bit of red, Le- bit of red Leicester. Maybe a bit boring, but not not too not too uh, bland. I like it. Um, a couple more questions, mate. Uh, Hayden says, uh, "What can Flynn actually do to fix the soft underbelly? Is it new plays? Is it a fault in what Taylor drilled in? Are they getting tired or something completely different?" I think he'll be scratching his head as to as to the answer, to be honest, and I think we all are. Um, but he, as I say, it's happened under two managers. I think it's it's less what they're being coached. I think it's just it's it's something in their makeup. They've got to find it within themselves to find mm. the answer to it. Um, you know, because as we know, well, what we see, obviously, you know, Flynn and Taylor obviously have two different ideologies, two different approaches. Um, Flynn is obviously a lot harder on them, it seems, and you know, um, but that's two different approaches, two different managers. One making his way in the game, you know, play through the thirds, etc., etc. One who's more established, do your jobs, be kind of resolute, be solid first and foremost, and it's still happening. So I think it's more so on the players, um, mm-hmm. whether you can couch it out of them. I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not a football coach, but um, I do think it, it, it looks. It, you have to look at the players and whether they can find it within themselves to, to you know, a changing mindset or whatever it is. But um, the fact that it's happened under two managers, I won't point the finger at the manager. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's something that the players have got to take on themselves and either find the answers to. And if they're down, then they'll be replaced by different players. A um, couple more. Ennis Killen says, "Would you offer Rory Holden a new contract?" It's an interesting one with Rory. Tough one, isn't it? it the thing is, 
Can you do I was some pre- sort of pay-as-you-play situation? I was previously of the thinking that Rory's contract expires in this, this summer. Right. But, as we know, contract lengths weren't disclosed, were they, under Darren? No, they weren't. And, and under Brian. So whether the, the, there is a club option or something like that, or whether he's actually contracted through till next season, it's still unclear exactly oh, what the situation okay. is. Um, it's not cut and dried that he's definitely out of contract this summer. I think he is, but equally, you know, there might be some sort of clause or something like that. It depends. You can't a new, if he was, you can't offer him a new deal without some kind of guarantee some, for yourself, yeah, don't or, you? Or confidence. Yeah. yeah. As good or like as he, a certain as, amount as, of appearances until yeah. it kicks in, etc. As, as good as he is, they've got to have some sort of assurance that they're now... They're, the confidence that he will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for all the intents and purposes, they thought he was going to be back just after Christmas. Yeah. And there was real excitement about it. He did a club interview and there was all, you know, everybody was thinking, right, you know, get Rory back in the team and the mm-hmm. results will improve. And then he had another setback and then another surgery. So I still don't think there's any time frame um, on his on his return, to be mm-hmm. honest. And, you know, as good as he is, and as, and and Walsall have a duty of care. Um, they sure. can't can't just really cast him aside and say, you know, he contracts up. You know, that you know everybody speaks really highly of Rory. He's a really good lad. He's been living with uh, Jack Earing this year as well, and Jack has spoke about how you know he's helped him really settle and stuff like that. So he's obviously a really well liked guy around the place and Walsall having been caring for him this long and sending him off to the you know the best specialists in the country you know one of the best specialists that they've said previously they're not just going to drop him with a hat because they've spent so much trying trying to get to, to the root of the problem as well it would be a waste of time from their point of view just to kind of cut him off and say right you're, you're off on your own because they've mm-hmm. invested so much time into him themselves Yeah. so it's a difficult one I mean whether this kind of pay as you play is, is a thing anymore I, I don't really hear of it very mm-hmm. often um, but there'll have to be some you know a, a serious conversation I guess with Rory either way whether he still does have a year or whatever as to what exactly the plan is um you know if he was a if he, if he was fit and available I'm sure he'd be in, in Flynn's plans well based on what I hear because I haven't seen him play but um you know everybody says right this this player's too good for this league when he when he, when he's when he's playing but ultimately he hasn't played for you know, well over a year now um well, yeah, around a year. Sorry. So um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. Um, but either way, there'll have to be some serious conversations had and just to figure out exactly what they're going to do because um, Warsaw want to be competing for promotion next season and they need as many people, you know, contracted who can commit to the cause week in week out. As mm. we know, it's a forty-six game season. You've got cup runs on top of that. You. you you know, your F, F, EFL trophy, your Carabao, Flynn wants to have cup runs. So, you know, it could be turn out to be a, what, a 60 game season. You need as many bodies as you can, and, you know, they can't really afford to carry many, many people. So um, they'll have to, you know, seriously think of what, what they do there. Yeah, of course. Um, last question. Andy Collins says compared to previous seasons covering Wolves and quality of football aside, what are the most striking differences between covering matches in the Premier League and League Two? Are there any aspects of the League Two experience which you actually prefer? It's a good question. Good question. Really good question. Um, I like um, obviously covering League Two. You get a lot more access, mm. and 
even just going to like down to the pitch side afterwards just to interview players and managers sure. that's just nice because like it, 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 it they're kind of I don't know me to the, you know five yards away from you and even in um, even at Premier League level just COVID aside but you know you go into a press conference room and they're you know there's about I don't know 10 15 of you at least in there and it's all it's all a bit staged isn't it really mm. you know it, it is very kind of polished and a little bit staged as where when you just kind of talk into them generally pitch side it does feel like more of a natural conversation mm-hmm. um and with the players I mean trying to get players to speak at walls previously used to be an absolute nightmare going through the mixed zone where yes. it's basically just a corridor between the um, dressing room and the and the exit where the players would walk through and you'd stand on the other side of a barricade and say, "Oh, Connor, Cody, you got you got five minutes or whoever. Have you got have you got a couple of minutes?" And Connor Cody, bless him, would always stop. But it almost became a, a double edged sword because he'd always stop, and then none of the other players felt felt the need to then. Um, that and a lot of them even found another exit. There's an incredible amount of exits that, that people found over uh, those over those seasons. Yeah, so they didn't even walk, walk out at all. But it's where we Warsaw, you know, that one of the press guys will say, right, we, we're going to get I don't know many Essa today, or we're going to get Labadie today, and they'll just bring them to you. So you know you, you're guaranteed really to 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 get somebody at least, and you, it is a bit more conversational. So that's it's definitely something that's better. Um, I just yeah, you, you just got a little bit. What is good from from a journalistic point of view, where you know I, I am the main, well the only written guy really covering Warsaw. So you know if you ask a question, and obviously us being a daily paper, and you've got to filter stories throughout the week. You know, it does make it a bit easier to do that, and you can manage your content a bit better. Um, as where we've with walls, you, you know, it could be that a story breaks in Portugal or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it, you've got a bit more control of what what you do, um, so that's nice. But um, it's been nice to just um, have a have a change and go to different grounds. And um, it's not actually my third time at Salford because I've been there a couple of times. Um, we Telford in National North, but I've been tick- ticked off a lot of different grounds this season that I'd never been to before. Um, and yeah, it just it is a lot more kind of down to earth, and just there's a lot of more. Just feel a, a lot more kind of friendly and less um, sanitised, really. Especially a lot of my time doing walls was through COVID. It's pretty clean, Walsall, to be honest. <laughs> A lot, a lot of my time doing walls was through COVID, so everything was really kind of shit hot, really, in terms of you got to be this, you got to do that. You, you know, everything was on Zoom, and you know, you can't go here, you can't go there, you got to have your mask on here, you got to, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. very, it was very stringent, as it as it needed to be, and it, as, as as a high level operation that it is Premier League, that that's what kind of what you expect, but um, you do just kind of feel a bit. Closer to the action, if you like, um, at, at, at League Two, and um, it is more humble, down to earth, and it, it has been a, it's been a nice change. It has indeed, Mr. Edwards. Right back to league action, and uh, I guess a game that Warsaw will be looking to to get back to winning ways in in Leighton Orient visiting the Bankses. Uh, the Otis Khan derby. The Otis Khan derby. Look what you could have won. <laughs> Um, what do you make of it? What do you make of this game? Uh, just, can you see any changes from the from the Salford defeat? And if so, where? 
I'd go back to three five two. Yeah. Um, but but it does depend, I guess, on the fitness of Donovan Daniels. Um, mm-hmm. He came off with a calf injury um, just a few minutes in. Um, I don't imagine Flynn will divulge too much information beforehand because he he tends to be pretty watertight in terms of disclosing fitness. So I don't expect to, it would be just a case of finding out on the day, I guess. But um, if Daniels is fit, then I'd go I'd, I'd go to three at the back again. But even if he's not fit, I'd probably still do it. Yeah. Um, I'd, you know, White, Meniessa and uh, Monf would be the back three. Then uh, Osadibi and Shade again as the wing-backs. Um, and then the midfield three of Labadee, uh, Kinsella and Ewing and Wilkinson. And then... Oh, one of Rodney or Miller up top. I mean, Rodney played against Salford and did all right, actually, leading the line on his own, held it up really well without really looking like scoring. Looked a little bit rusty, but I think that's to be suspected because um, his first Warsaw start, he's you know been plagued by injury issues for most of the season, going back to his time at Port Vale as well. Um, but Connor Wilkinson played on the right knife and... Um, of like a four-two-three-one, okay. and he was he was very quiet, mm. and I want him up front. Really, you know, he, he, he get he, he drifts in and out too much as a right winger. Doesn't get on the ball enough, basically. Um, as where if he can play in that in that nine slash ten role, I mean, he wears the nine, but he basically plays as a ten. You know, dropping into the pockets, getting onto the ball, switching it out wide. That's Wilkinson's game, really. And if he's in those central positions and he's got space 25 yards to have a shot, then he will. As where if he's on the right wing, he's got to cut inside, probably beat two men and then have the shot. So, um, no, I'd play Wilkinson as down central, go back to 3-5-2. I think Rushworth should be back from England, so I'd probably get him back in the sticks. I think the one the one call really is whether he goes with Rodney or Miller um, front. Miller and Wilkinson naturally have a better partnership. Yes. Um, but if you want to see what Rodney's about, maybe this is a bit of a time to... Because Miller hasn't really been hitting the heights these last few weeks. Um, it might give Rodney another go because he wasn't that bad at Salford. He did okay. It's a nice little run they've got into it, really. Uh, especially the next four. Lane Orion, Rochdale, Carlisle, Crawley. N- nothing really to fear there, is there? They should be getting some points on the board, really. Mm. Um you know, of course, you don't take anything for granted, but you know, the, I think Crawley, the highest team, I think they've got, and they're twelfth, mm-hmm. just a few few points ahead of Walsall. So, yeah. um, you know, they, it, it's it's a, it's a nice run of games on paper. Um, of course, like Leighton Orient at home this weekend should be a decent crowd. Um, you know, back at the Banksies, um, it's, it's the I think there's only two home games left. Actually, I think mm-hmm. there's only this mm-hmm. one and then the final day. So. You know, it should be a decent atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I think. Um, oh no, there was actually one. There's one over Easter as well. Um, sorry, but um, yeah, I, I think Light and Orient are a team that have been on poor run. Of course, they sacked Kenny Jacket not not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in a bit of a fight uh, down at the bottom, so uh, they'll be desperate for points. But. Um, these are the teams Walsall should be beating at home, um, regardless of whether Flynn has stamped his mark on the squad fully or not yet. Um, you know, if they want to be anywhere and doing anything and setting up momentum, at least going into the next season, these are the games they should be winning. And finally, Mr. Joe Edwards, can we have a prediction, please, Mr. Walsall Football Club against Leighton Orient 
Scores on the doors. Uh, 2-1 Wattle. 2-1 Super Saddlers. 2-1 win. And a first Wattle goal for Devante Rodney. Oh, I like it, like it, like it. Hopefully. Flynn said it himself. He's one of these that he kind of just needs that first goal and then he should be be off to the races. Yeah. um, Yeah, he'll definitely want to break his duck before the end of the season, if not get a few. So um, hopefully Saturday's the day. Mr. Jodo, it's been a pleasure as normal. Uh, oh, thank you, mate. Do enjoy uh, these little uh, tete-a-tete, uh, especially <laughs> the first 12 minutes, talking about uh, arcades at, uh, on the beach. That's what it's there for. We'll be back with you, uh, I guess, a um, couple of weeks' time before previewing the Carlisle game, I would have thought. Uh, so yeah. hopefully with a, hopefully a couple of wins. Uh, but remember to spread the word. Spread the word of the podcast. You know, we're, get, we're getting more and more listens each week, which we enjoy, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. And if you've got any... Any changes, anything you like, anything you don't like, let us know, because we're here at the other end of a tweet to reply, so uh, give us a shout, it's good to hear from from all you lovely listeners. From me, from Joe, have a great weekend, fingers crossed, three points on Saturday, take care, bye-bye!